Welcome to episode 75 of Gaming Fix. Uh, I literally just woke up like 20 minutes ago, so this is going to be an interesting one. Um, uh, my name's Allison, and I'm joined with Erica. Hi, I'm back. Erica! Yay! <laughs> Yay! 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 I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and Pat. Hello. Yay! You're back too. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I'm back. You're back for me anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you're back Alex. in my life. Hey. <laughs> I would hope I never left. <laughs> uh, I, I am also not loot boxes, and I am a surprise mechanic that is quite ethical. <laughs> God, surprise mechanic. That that that's a whole thing. I just ethical. found out. I just found out about cannibal sandwiches. Like what? as you were doing the intro, it's a Wisconsin tradition made with raw beef, chopped onion, and a sprinkle of salt and pepper. Ew. No, that's thank you. not okay. <laughs> that sounds awful. And then they call them cannibal sandwiches, which is also not okay. But like. <laughs> I'm it, shook. I would I would assume that I would assume cannibals cook their meat. I don't know anything about actual. Well, that's not true. I, unfortunately, I know more about actual cannibalism than I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because of poor decisions on Wikipedia. Now I want to know if cannibals. No, you don't. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not fall down the cannibal hole. Yes, there was cooking involved. Okay. You know, just don't I dig too deep. In, just don't dig. Just don't dig too deep into to Rammstein's Wikipedia. Oh okay. God. Okay. I, I you know I won't, but I'm glad to know they cook it. That makes me happy. Uh yeah. I don't, I don't know what. what <laughs> I don't know if happy's the right word, but like, like okay, that's. I feel like that's better than the alternative. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I guess. Video Maybe. games. Yeah. Video games. Okay. <laughs> I, I had a very video game light week, so this I feel like this is going to be an interesting chat. Um, but cool Erica, having like hmm? okay, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. I, I was just going to say we can start with you since uh, uh, since I've been having I, a very video that, game yeah. light year. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you played the best video game. <laughs> I did. I played some Outer Wilds. I haven't finished it yet, but. I'm starting to get into the nitty gritty, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I don't know so, that game's that game that game's wild. Honestly. It is. Um, yeah, is, is everybody playing it? I think I so. Haven't... I have finished it. Okay, I'm, I'm about seven had, hours in. I had I, I'm like maybe an hour in. I had a very eventful first go around. <laughs> I'll be interested to hear how long it takes everyone to finish because it's like you could finish it in 20 minutes technically uh, interesting like i didn't know it, that yeah uh um it's it's like a game built around like accruing knowledge um that's not even really a spoiler like that's something that yeah become clear pretty relatively fast uh yeah. um but uh, you'd have to know exactly what you're doing, and that's pretty much impossible. So it's unless you read a read a guide beforehand, it would be virtually impossible to stumble upon that. Um, that's mm-hmm. interesting. I, I it, think 
No, go ahead, Allison. Oh, it sounds like that would be like that. That just reminded me of something like Gone Home, where it's like you could technically probably finish it in about yes. five minutes. Yes, that's a good. That's a good uh, comparison. I think Gone Home you had to find keys to certain doors, but if you knew exactly where the keys were, you could just run and get them and open up all the doors. So yeah, yeah. that's a pretty, pretty good comparison. In fact, gone home is, I think a pretty good comparison in a lot of ways to the outer wilds, which is very strange because, um, yeah, they're, so different. <laughs> they're so different. Um, but I, I think from like a storytelling perspective, like the quality of storytelling in both of those games is very similar. Um, which is to say, Gone Home's probably in my top three favorite games of all time, and Outer Wilds is probably my number one favorite game of all time at this point. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, I think with, fairly with, highly of how they fold those there. With Oberdin at number two? No, I, I would. I mean, Oberdin was my favorite game of last year. I don't know that I would put it in my top five or top ten, even necessarily. I think it's a so, brilliant game. But so, yeah. so Erica, mm-hmm. what was the first planet you went to? Um, oh God, hold on. I got to look at a map. Um, I forgot the names of all of them. We, we should That's probably okay. say too, like, if you were already thinking of playing this game, maybe don't listen to this part of the conversation just because there's so many little things that are a joy to discover on your own. But if you're on the fence still and not like, or like not planning on playing it, like we're not going to spoil anything super heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the thing to spoil about that game is the discovery, right? Like yes. Right. Like the revelations and the things you start realizing about the lore. So like, yeah. we, can, we can try and avoid some of that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I went to, I can't remember what it is. It's whatever the moon is. That's like, yep. uh, uh, orbiting your home planet. Um, mm-hmm. I went there first, hung out with a dude, um, He's and okay. This is gonna sound goofy, Allison. You've died in that game already. Oh, like I died immediately. Okay, have good. you played it since then, or did you just die immediately and that's all you did? I died immediately and that's all I did. Uh, to be fair, um, everybody on the podcast knows I've been working really long. No, no, no. Work, so I'm not criticizing. I, yeah, no. I, 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 I just want to. Uh, I want to save that game for when it gets good. Yeah. But if you want, I can retell the story of my harrowing space adventure. <laughs> I want to hear Erica. Well, Erica was about to finish. I'm yeah. just wondering if you know the thing in that game. Like, yeah. the, oh, I do. You, know the, you know the okay. loop thing? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Cool. All right. That's good. That's what I want to make sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I really like the, the loop. Um, I think yeah. it's, I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's well done despite, you know, it's like a little thing, but I think it's well done. Um, but like the first, I don't know, maybe five times I died, I went back around and talked to all of my friends in the town because yeah. I didn't want them to think I was leaving without saying goodbye. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was so goofy, but I was just like, Oh God. And then the first time I decided to just like, you know, go back in cause I have the launch codes or whatever. And I could just go. Um, the first time I did it, I felt so unbelievably guilty. <laughs> like, oh my God, they all think I just left. Without that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> so, like, so now like I turn around, I look at my one dude who's right there and I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I go, like, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's great. The game's very cool. Um, it's very cool. Like, I'm not going to get into the stuff that I have discovered because I don't want to get very spoilery and stuff, but like, um, I don't know. Like there, there's just stuff that like, 
when I'm doing things on some of these planets and I haven't been to too many of them, actually, I've, I've been to that one. I went to the, I think it's called the inter, uh, I don't know. It's the one that's like icy on the back end and like the interloper. Yeah. The interloper. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. The Yeah. I've been on that. Um, and I've been on like brittle hollow and I think that's it so far. Um, yeah. and yeah, like I, there, there are things where I'm doing stuff, like, especially when you do what it is that you need to do on the interloper that like, I'm like, Oh, I'm surprised that they put this in here. Like, I'm surprised that that's how you, how you do this. And yeah. like, yeah, you know, but it makes sense and it's cool. And it's just, you know, like I, I thought that also, I don't know. I tried to get, I tried to get into the part of that, that specific puzzle a different way after I figured out what it was and I couldn't do it and I was getting mad at it. And then I figured out <laughs> what it was. And then, like, yeah, yeah, there, there are definitely occasional moments of frustration that I had playing through it. Um, but in a way they were almost satisfying because it was like, there are no, super simple answers. Um, and even when you have all the pieces you still have to like think about it. And then you also still have to execute on it, which is the thing that I think sets it apart from other super narrative games for me is that there is still a degree of execution there. So even if you happen to like Alex, for example, like you had a brain that you have it, you have a brain that just made Oberdin not engaging for you because like you saw the way that all the threads connected so like easily. Um, and I think what's cool about the outer wilds is even if you run into puzzles like that, I've ran into several that I didn't think were particularly challenging to figure out like the mechanics of them, but to execute on them still required some like patience and practice to make it all work um, in, in within the time that I needed to make it all work. Yeah. Right. So I, I would say um, that the outer wilds does the one thing that I really liked about breath of the wild and the the thing I really liked about Breath of the Wild is that it does not hold your hand at all. Like it yeah. it encourage it actively encourages you to explore and to figure stuff out and experiment and like really just see what you can do and how you can you know how you can break it basically. I guess if you want to think of it mm-hmm. that way. And I think Outer Wilds does that extremely well. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. like I, I would agree that like yes I I had my issues with Oberdin being kind of a busy work game but I would say that Outer Wilds is like the complete opposite in in a very 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 good way. Yeah, yeah. and from the, the limited amount that I've played, uh, it can the, the way that it does not hold your hand can lead to some kind of fun stories. Oh yeah, totally. What I what I love about it is that is the specific ways that it does hold your hand because having that rumor map in your ship, which I don't even know if you've opened it yet, Allison. If you, mm, yeah, I have. Okay. That is so cool. It is such yeah. a phenomenal way to like give you an idea of so that, to help you to not forget things, to help you to point in directions and poke at specific things. So I never really felt like I was stuck except for there was one point that I kind of felt like I was stuck because something seemed a little obtuse. But other than that, like out of, it took me probably 24 ish hours to finish the game. Um, maybe even a little more. Uh, and I, at no point during that time was I like, except for that one point was I like, I don't know what to do it next. And that one time Andre happened to have gotten a little further than me. And this is right near when I finished it. And I just kind of was like, Hey, can you give me a nudge? And he, and he was able to, to help out. So, um, 
Yeah, that game does. I think part of why it's so resonant with me is that for my entire gaming life, I have played games where you get in spaceships and fly around. And for that entire time, it's been my favorite genre forever. And for that entire time, all I have wanted is one where you don't have a gun and you have to explore an environment and solve a really good mystery. And Hmm. no one has, yeah, no (laughs) one has ever made that like, Kerbal Space Program gets kind of close to that, but there's no real core mystery. There's weird stuff you can find, but none of it is tied together really. And because that game mechanically is so dense, it, it, it's not fun to get there. It's fun to, to play Kerbal Space Program, but it's not fun to hunt the mystery for me because it means planning a 35 hour voyage to another planet that in and of itself is like longer than playing the entirety of the outer wilds. Um, And so I think that's part of it is in like no man's sky. I thought was going to do that. And it sort of does, but it's so procedural that while I still think it's a great game, it's pushing different buttons where there's the outer wilds is just this incredibly well-crafted clockwork mystery that you can't, you just fly around and figure it out. Um, and, and that's, and then on top of that, they nail the feel of it. Like it feels fun to play too. It's yeah. fun to fly the ship. It's fun to jetpack around. Um, yeah. None of that stuff. Sometimes it can be a little challenging, especially when you're at like brittle hollow and stuff like that um, for sure. But you do develop a sense of mastery. I think over the controls that is really satisfying too. Yeah. I think I the first time I started playing that game, like you can test out the controls on like the, your, your home world um, by yeah. flying like that little, that <laughs> little thing. Fly. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like flying it. And I, I think Xavier, Xavier had already like almost finished the game at that point. He's done with it now. Um, and I was just like, Hey, how good at flying this thing should I be before I leave <laughs> this place? And he's like, yes. I mean, you know, like I was pretty good at it by, by the time I left. I'm like, okay, I just like flung okay, it to, like the universe yeah. and I don't know where it is anymore. That thing is so hard to fly. It's so much easier to fly. I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I like, I crashed it and then there's like the guy next to you who's like, are you sure you're okay? To go? Yeah, you're and fine. I'm like, I, I'm probably not, but yeah. <laughs> so like, I was very afraid. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, no, hold on. I gotta, I gotta mess with this a lot more because I'm going to get into like the big ship and it's going to be super annoying. Cause I'm going to crash it everywhere. And the big ship's not nowhere near as hard to fly. I think no, it's actually so like, I think it's like a good amount. I think it's like, it's not a hindrance to the game, which I think is right. a good choice that it's, you know, pretty easy to fly. Like it's, I mean, I've had a few crash landings and I'm not going to lie, like landing in brittle hollow is a nightmare, but, um, but in general, like it's, it's pretty easy to fly and to land on stuff for the most part. I mean, I've overshot some things before, but it, yeah. for, you know, it's not that serious. I th- and I think that, that it's still fun to fly too. I don't think it's too easy. Yeah. So I think that they, I don't know, whatever, whatever editing they did on that, I think was good. I think they split the difference really well between like somebody like me who plays a lot of space games and like enjoys the, the like complex system to land ships in like a, uh, elite dangerous, for example, which is Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I'd say it's realistic, but it's hyper, hyper technical when you're flying. Like I use a pedal system where I have toe, toe, toe presses to do horizontal movement to like position myself on a landing pad and land. Um, so like 
I think it's great that people on that end of the spectrum. And then also if you just don't really play a lot of space games, the outer worlds kind of meets outer wilds kind of meets in the middle with its space flight. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's very good. Yeah. And like what you were saying before also about the, the map, um, the first time I looked at the map, I was like almost a little disappointed. Cause I don't know. I think it's more that like, I, I like games. I have to take notes for it. <laughs> well, but and actually you can turn it off, um, in the options there's, you can shut okay. that whole thing off. If you really just wanted to take notes, Yeah, you could definitely play it that way without the rumor map on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as time has gone on and also, you know, I spent like a huge chunk of time, not touching that game at all between when I started it. And when I touched it again for the second time, like I was glad to have it and yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it doesn't really, I don't think it holds your hand so much that like, mm-hmm. it's that serious. It's really more of like a, Hey, you did this, this, and this. And while you were there, you heard about this thing. Yeah. It, it sort of takes notes for you. It's, it's very much like probably the notes that you would write down yourself, but yeah, it does it automatically. It's interesting because I have told everyone here before, but like I first heard about that, this game in 2012, it was a pitch document um, from the Alex, I forget his last name. Um, but, uh, it, it was a pitch document. He was doing it as a student game, um, at not, uh, I don't think it was like DigiPen, but it was one of those kinds of like gaming colleges, um, I think. Uh, and, um, I can't remember if it was at that point that idle thumbs was talking about it, or if it was just, I had just been reading some message boards, but, but he had this pitch, um, and then he ended up developing it for the, for as a student project. And then it was submitted in the IGF. Uh, I believe it was, a, it was apparently 2015. It feels a lot longer ago than that to me, but, um, I played it then, uh, Alex Beecham. That's, that's who I'm thinking of. Um, I played it then. Uh, and at that point, the graphics were far more rudimentary, um, and it didn't really have the same sense of like style that it has now. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise the core gameplay was 100% there. And, and, and most of what was on, I think most of what is on the planets was there mechanically. Um, I don't know that the ending was there. Uh, but the thing that was missing, that was the most, the biggest thing was there was no narrative. There's no writing anywhere. None of that, like the, the like alien text that you're reading that wasn't anywhere. So you had no, then that's like a huge part of, I mean, that's, that's the game kind of is, is, is core to the game. So if you can imagine like playing the game and not having any of that to read, but otherwise having a pretty comparable experience, like content wise, I obviously didn't like ever solve any of the core mysteries on any of the planets, but I played that game for hours because it didn't have the computer either. It didn't have the log with all the rumors in it, obviously. So I I played that game for hours just with a notepad, rudimentary graphics, like flying around that solar system, trying to figure out that stuff without any help. Um, So I was kind of primed like when I, when, when it came out and had all that writing and stuff in it, it, that's part of why I think it hit me so hard because I had spent a lot of time trying to figure out those mysteries without those tools. I wonder if you even, if you had figured out any of those mysteries, if like they would have meant anything to you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, So I, yeah, I don't. And I, and honestly, like I never got far enough into the planets 
to know if they um if if like how much of the game was there already um i know that like the stuff you can see the first time you fly around the solar system now was there but i don't know how how deep it went right yeah no i think it's super neat um one of the first experiences i had that made me realize it's like a really mechanically uh deep game like it has a ton of depth was similar to you erica the first place i went to was the moon and at first i was like this map doesn't seem that big there's not that many planets i guess it'll be a pretty quick experience then like almost getting lost on just the moon which is like the smallest (laughs) of all of them and being like oh god this is actually taking a while to traverse and there's some massive planets out there shit (laughs) to be honest with you even i was surprised with how big a lot of that stuff is yeah yeah. And like, uh, and then the mechanical depth that came for me was I went to, uh, I forget the name of it, but the giant one that's always like having a storm and shit like that. Giants deep. Uh, Giants yeah. deep. Yes. I went there and gravity pulled me in really fast. So I almost had a crash yeah. landing and I was like, that's really cool. They're actually doing some simulation there of gravity and stuff. So yeah. like it, it's, uh, if, if- yeah. I, I had a very ex- interesting experience with that. Uh, yeah, go, go for it. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, okay, so I talked about it a little bit in our chat. but So I played the game, got in the spaceship, got to Giants Deep, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, gravity immediately pulled me in, so I had a bit of a crash landing. Which, like, okay, that's that's not un. un- heard of with this game probably into water uh, too so you know no it was on land oh okay nice yeah it was on land i couldn't reach the stuff that i needed to fix so i was just like okay i will take it into space to fix this is the clear solution to this problem so i take it into space get out of the spaceship and realize that the ship is still moving away from me <laughs> and i am now stuck in space Without the ship. <laughs> Trying to go towards the ship to like go, no, 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 I need to get there. And it's going way faster than I can go. So now I am just stuck in space and I like, I'm so, like drifting away from any planet. So yeah. I have to, I'm stuck there until all of my oxygen is depleted. And I die. Yeah. That's, because that's also, really this funny. is the first, the first loop. And in the first loop, you, like you can't exit and restart it. It'll be like, no, you'll lose all your progress. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, I am lost in space right now, but there's something kind of fun about it because it was just very memorable. Oh yeah. I'm like, well, I guess I know now that I will never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when you were telling us about that, I just kept wanting to be like, you should just use your thrusters a lot. Cause do you know what happens when, do you know what happens when you run out of fuel though? It it starts using your oxygen as an alternate source of fuel. Oh, so if you ever get lost in space, you can pretty quickly kill yourself just by. Okay. I I was like, well, it's pointless. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to like use my thrusters anymore, but that's a good good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I got lost in space, um, like right before I got on here. Um, and so then I just started flying myself towards the sun. And I was like, either I'll run out of oxygen <laughs> or I'll hit the sun. I hit the sun first. <laughs> like this much time oxygen left. 
<laughs> that's so funny i love that yeah, like andre was like okay where's the sun and i got to the point where i'm like i can't even see it anymore. yeah that's the part i was surprised at i, I don't know how you got that far away yeah I that's amazing uh, <laughs> but yeah i think we could easily talk about this game for hours because yeah, i think it's yeah. i think it's extremely good like, i think it's so cool too that that it's a game that is ultimately it's not really brief like no you, it takes a, it's a, it's a meaty game, but it is ultimately like a narrative game, a narrative exploration game. And yet you can still have those sort of like stories that you normally can only tell from sandbox style games. Yeah. Like that's such a unique thing to me that is just so cool. Totally. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's the natural evolution from like the Tacoma style walking simulator. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to give it more time. Um, and you know, obviously I would, I am, would never spoil stuff that happens later on, but, um, the, the, my jaw physically dropped, <laughs> I think four times as I started to approach the end of that game. Um, because the things that it continues to do as you progress are really remarkable, both from a storytelling perspective and, what it does mechanically and visually too um, cool. are, are very worth seeing to the end because they're just, it's just, it's kind of awe inspiring at a certain point. Like it, it, and I think that the, the narrative ultimately is um, like actually important, like, like important from a capital I people should in, in the world we live in now, people should experience this narrative because it's not necessarily the first like breaking new ground with the message it's trying to convey, mm -hmm. but it's a experiential way to understand that message that was deeply impactful to me. And I'm probably more receptive because I'm already a science fiction fan, but um, I think it's really, really worth playing. And I don't, I haven't yet encountered anyone who doesn't like it. So I kind of feel like it's very easy to recommend to like everyone, which I'm very surprised at because I've been anticipating it for seven years at this point. So mm -hmm. I kind of thought that it was going to be pretty divisive, but it turns out like, it seems like pretty much everyone is that I've heard from is into it on some level. So does anybody yeah. know how Sam is feeling about it now? I know I, I haven't been in the chat as much lately. Um, and I remember at the beginning he was like, He's like, oh, they ran out of money. <laughs> like it was not like super hot on the way it looked and the way you know. Uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he's feeling about it now. I don't get the impression he's played it much beyond what he has a lot of things on his plate currently. <laughs> he's taken on it's a possible. lot of things. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, he was sort I, of the person that I would. I just I was the two people that I suspected might not like it were him and actually you, Alex, only because. I wasn't sure if it's particular like brand of mystery would be one that would grab you. Yeah. Um, um, but, but, uh, I also feel like Alex loves, loves, loves passionately, like 50% of things and just absolutely hates 50% of things. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, there's very, there's very little I actively hate <laughs> other than like breath of the wild. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like with any given game, there's a 50, 50 shot that Alex likes it. So yeah, no, this game's real good. Yeah. I, I am really excited to play more. Um, and I, I, Pat, I might be interested to hear more space game Rex. If I, yeah. with it, cause the, the nice I thing love, too, 
like there's actually a lot of games that if you find yourself enjoying flying from planet to planet, there's a lot of games that could be recommended to anyone who likes that aspect that don't require you to get into a bunch of combat and stuff. Like there's Elite a lot of huh? dangerous. Well, Elite Dangerous is a great game. Um, <laughs> uh, objects in Space, I need to play more of, but seems like a pretty good game. Um, what was that space? What was that space trucker game from like two or three years ago that everybody or Vinny from the giant bomb cat or giant beast cast was particularly in love with? Hmm. I'm not sure which one you're referring to. I'll Google it. You guys uh, keep talking. You, 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 Rebel Galaxy, maybe? Yes, Rebel Galaxy. Thank you. Rebel Galaxy is a great game. I actually haven't finished it and I'd like to. Um, it's definitely pretty combat focused. Uh, so you kind of, it's it, it plays like the Assassin's Creed for boat stuff, mm-hmm. um, but in space. It's good. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's another very good one that I, the name escapes me because uh, I've played a lot of these games. Um, but it's a, it's like a space trading sim on that was very, very indie. Uh, but yeah, um, generally, uh, the flying around part of that, if that's something that you enjoy Kerbal also is a huge, just a good recommendation. I know I said that it's kind of lacking. It is lacking the narrative component, but in terms of the like flying spaceships around it's, I have it. I am very, very bad at it. Very, very, very fun. Yeah. That game is sometimes too much. <laughs> it, it can be. Yeah, for sure. Are you thinking about uh, stars, star sector? No, I X, think X three. Uh, it's going to drive me crazy. I, star I'll, traders? I'll, I'll figure it. No, it's, it's, it's a super, super indie game. Um, I, I will find it as we, <laughs> cool. as we I, go other stuff. I, I love the idea of flying from planet to planet games. So I need more of them in my life. Yeah. yeah I, I would almost say elite is, um, Elite is super cool. Like I legit, I really like that game. It kind of goes up and down in terms of like, if you look at user reviews of it, sometimes people love it. Sometimes people hate it. I think it's a great game. It's a lot though. That's the thing about that game is that it is at this point, like between even just, if you were to get into the trading part of it, it's basically like Eve online, except instead of, instead of flying, spreadsheets you're physically at the controls of your ship so like that sounds scary it It does uh it's great and i i wouldn't if you see it on a sale i definitely think it's worth picking up but i'd hesitate to tell someone to spend like 40 or 50 dollars whatever yeah i definitely own it from i either some sort of sale or some sort of bundle but i played it a little bit and not like had trouble but I, I might have to give it another shot i'll say if anyone wants to learn more about it i am always happy to play it because uh, <laughs> it's a cool game but um i don't even necessarily have the time to it's the kind of game that you have to put so much time into to mm-hmm. really get the most out of it that um it's because everybody starts from a common point um where like you're you all you're always going to start with a like sidewinder or whatever um and so you have to kind of try doing a little bit of everything before you're able to do to specialize in any one thing and that trying a little bit of everything can take like dozens of hours (laughs) um and then you have to generate the income to do the thing that you want to do so you can totally play that game as an explorer where you're flying from planet to planet and selling your research data and it's cool because you're like finding you're you're plotting your voyages so that you hit the right suns that can give you fuel and stuff like that with your with your energy scoop but you have to play for probably 70 to 80 hours to even get the funds to really get into 
lucrative exploration. So yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's yeah. very good. I don't want to so, discourage anyone who's interested in it, but it's, it's definitely a lot. So yeah. So coming soon to the gaming fix YouTube channel, Allison gets lost in space. Oh get, Allison God. gets lost I in space games. Video of that. It was, it was an experience. Uh, it was, it was an experience, but <laughs> yeah, I, but I, I would love to play more space games because, uh, as you guys know, I, I enjoy space. But yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, oh, Outer right. Wilds. No, that sounds, we'll, that sounds... I, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it again. Yeah. Just oh, so yeah. you know, Alex, there's a tiny bit of, of ro- robotery in your voice. Okay. Should be good now. Yes, it is. Well, Alex, are you done with that game? What? Outer Wilds? No, I'm like yeah. six or seven hours in. Okay. okay. It could be too that, uh, again, like I could totally see someone being able to finish that game in under 20 hours. Um, I definitely, but also I took like 20 to 25 hours and I had, I already kind of had, I didn't have any kind of learning curve with like the flying and the jetpack stuff. Cause I had played the alpha before. So I don't know. I would think maybe I got through it faster than most would, but I could also be not as good at solving the, the puzzle parts. So, yeah, I saw how long to beat listed at around 17 and a half hours. So cool. I also could have just been taking my time because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want it to end. Uh, the, I, the last note I'll say is the music in that game is oh, it's really good. And it's, it's pretty, available pretty to stream. Integral. Yes. Uh, it's available to stream. I would caution people to um, play the game first to experience it first, like in the, in within the game. I think that's the best way, but as long as you play it for a bit, I think it's worth, you know, if you're really, really liking it it's listening to it outside of it. I've listened to it several times outside of the, the game. Cause it's good work in music. Very cool. Um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about it in the future. I uh, imagine so. Yes. Maybe uh, in like Alex, six months. How about you? Uh, Pat, I know that we've played some of this, one of the same games. So. Oh, which one? <laughs> uh, Harry, I, I, I was, oh, okay. Harry we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that one. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have actually started two different games uh, other than the outer wilds. Cause now that I have uh steady employment, that means I also have a thing called income. So I've been able to kind of, <laughs> kind of catch up on some games that I've really been wanting, you know, been looking forward to. Uh, one of them that I very, very got like 20 minutes into, so it's not worth talking about yet is resident evil two. Uh, and once I get deeper into that, we can have a chat, but I am about three ish hours into mortal Kombat 11 and cool. I still have to finish that. Yeah. So I, I did the tutorial. I did like some just kind of test fights just to be like, okay, do I still remember how to do combos in this game? And I'm probably, I'm about halfway through like the second chapter of the story and yo, that story is really good. <laughs> like that story mode, they really go for it. Like in, in a really spectacular way. Like I really, I super enjoyed the story in nine. I kind of fell off of 10, uh, or X, whatever. Um, I don't remember how far in I got, but 11 takes the best parts of both of those and just mashes them together in a really unique way. So I think if you have any kind of fondness for the Mortal Kombat series, like any kind of fondness, give it a play. Cool. Uh, the only thing I will say is that Ronda Rousey is maybe the worst voice actor I've ever heard. 
Definitely. Uh, <laughs> which is too bad because she plays such an integral character. Like, there, yeah. there is a moment fairly early in that game that had it um, had it been well voice acted would have been a thousand times more impactful. But yes, uh, I, I think you can you know exactly which moment I'm talking about. Of course. Um, yeah. It's yeah, like, garbage. So but bad. like, but like every other voice actor is pulling their weight like crazy. Like, like <laughs> I would say that Cassie Cage is quickly becoming my favorite character in that game. Which mm-hmm. is surprising because I found her kind of insufferable in the first game, or uh, in ten. Um, but yeah, like Ronda Rousey is just whiffing it. <laughs> so that's my one <laughs> criticism so far is literally just Ronda Rousey. But everything else has just been spectacular so far. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to Mortal Kombat and talk about it more later. But uh, so I'm going to be pulling an Allison a spoiler for a little later, and I'm going to talk about some stuff that's not video games for just like five to ten minutes. So there's been something that I've been sitting on for like a month that I've been wanting to talk about, but between E3 and all these other things, just haven't had a chance to talk about it. And that is HBO's Chernobyl series. Man. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Have any of you guys started it or finished it? I've been wanting to, and I haven't. I've wanted to, but I don't know if I'm in the right headspace to watch it yet. I don't. I would say given how much I know and have researched and watched documentaries on the real life, like the incident, I don't know that I have the interest, but not because it doesn't sound fantastic, mostly just because I'm not sure I have the, (laughs) the emotional interest in going through that. Yeah. So I kind of come from a similar place where I don't know. I don't remember how old I was when I first heard about it, probably like 11 or 12 or something. And at that point I was just like, this almost happened in my lifetime. What the hell? Like this, this is why did I never hear about this until this point in my life? Like, uh, and just felt like this was before Wikipedia was a thing and just fell deep down the reading books and watching documentaries whole and all that kind of stuff. So I had a really deep vested interest in Chernobyl from a pretty youngish age and um you know and then in video games it showed up you have your call of duty fours and you have like your whole uh stalker series and stuff like that where like it's pretty centralized around that so like i've personally had a lot of exposure haha, to chernobyl and um i think that this hbo series does better with it than anything else i've seen or read i think it is they do not dramatize like any of it. Like it's not going for effect. It's trying to be as true to the experience as possible. Um, I did some reading and like interview reading interviews and stuff like that. They only changed one quote unquote character really, uh, where they basically took all of like the firefighters that were involved and put them into one person just so that they could tell all of those stories at once and kind of give you an emotional tale of that person rather than trying to show all of them. But, uh, other than that, it's pretty one-to-one to to what actually happened, like with major, major people and stuff like that. Oh, sorry. It wasn't firefighters. It was, uh, uh, one of the physicists. Any, anyways, um, because they, they say it was one physicist when it was actually like a team of them doesn't matter anyways it is extremely good and yeah i think you're totally right pat and allison like (laughs) you need to be in the headspace for it like it is very 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 dark (laughs) 
<laughs> and grim and makes you look at it and be like, Jesus, this was just incompetence on top of incompetence and it f- affected so many people. So like, it's not a fun watch, but I think it's extremely good and that they should be showing it in schools. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I mean, as like a, as like a, uh, as an educational piece, it certainly seems pretty spectacular. And like, in a sense, like I would probably point people to it if they were like, I'd like to learn about this, but I have a hard time reading, um, like loads of, uh, of, of, um, just like reading about it or, or watching documentaries. If I, I wanted something a little more narrative, um, that sounds like the thing I would point them towards. Yes. 100%. Um, there's for content warning e kind of stuff there. I think you kind of know what you're getting going in, but if you're an animal lover, there might be an episode that you're really not going to like. <laughs> and the thing is, I think that episode in particular might've been the strongest because of the animal story subplot. Uh, I kind of want to talk about it in detail, but I don't want to spoil it. Cause if you guys want to watch it, it's really, really impactful. You are, uh, I mean, at some point, I, I don't know. It sounds like it, it, the two it, of you might watch it. I probably won't. So I'm not concerned about spoilers myself, but I do kind of respect that. Also weird to talk about spoilers about a real life event, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, um, if you don't want to say it here, I would be curious to hear about it because I feel like you just like talked me out of watching it. <laughs> but I think that if you spoiled it for me, I'd be more likely to watch it again. So incoming spoilers for Chernobyl, dear listeners, Uh, if you don't want a spoiler for this series, which is based on reality, just tune out for the next five or so minutes. Uh, But yeah, Cheska mentioned that it reminded her of when she watched Schindler's List. Okay. (laughs) Which is rough. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So it it tells the story of this one guy, because they ended up pulling, like Russia ended up pulling so many of their just workers into into Chernobyl to take care of the disaster. And one of the jobs that they had to do, like even just to give to normal people who weren't necessarily part of, let's say, the army or something, was giving them guns and becoming liquidators of the animals because they were all infected with radiation and uh, had the potential to spread radiation, bite people, kill people, stuff like that. So it's basically these this it's following this guy who's just a normal guy. They give him a gun. He doesn't know how to use it. He doesn't know how to load it. He doesn't know anything about it. And he has to go and kill people's dogs and cats that are just friendly and coming up to him and just want pets. And it's, it's rough. Cause like he does not, he does, he does does not want to do it. Like his first encounter is this dog. That's just so adorable and sweet and like is whining and wanting pets and stuff like that. And he's just holding this gun and then, yeah, it's awful. Oh God! All right, <laughs> it's, this is a series that I can do, but this is not a series I can do now. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's, it's it's it's. I definitely have a lot of respect for telling that story. Like, if the, it's the kind of thing where I think if it were if this were fictional, I would probably have the opinion of like I'm not interested in telling people what they can and can't create. Mm-hmm. With some extreme examples, but I don't think it needs to exist. But given that it is telling a true story i think it's it's great that they have gone to these lengths to humanize it and make it understandable for people um yeah because it is such a warning letter to 
or to, to anyone engaging in any kind of like risky science. Um, but at the same time, I don't know that I ever need, (laughs) I never need to see it firsthand. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Again, uh, it's a 10 out of 10 series for me, but I think it's it's real, real fucking rough. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, I I mean, like, I know the, the basics of Chernobyl, but I don't know like much about it. So I, I I think this could be an interesting watch for sure. Since I haven't really done the same level of looking into it, like that you have done Pat, but, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, right now I'm, a, I'm in a space where I'm like, I just need something nice. <laughs> well, do I have something for you then? Cause I have one more thing <laughs> that is not, it is very lighthearted and it is not scary at all. And that is a movie called Mirai. Um, it is an anime movie that just came out within the past year ish, maybe six months ish. I can't actually mm-hmm. remember. Uh, and it comes from the same director who brought you such classics as the girl who leapt through time, uh, which is an excellent movie. Um, so without getting too deep into it, it basically follows the story of this little boy and, uh, he's probably about five or six or seven. I don't know. I don't know how old kids are when they're at that age, maybe 10, (laughs) like it's kind of nebulous to me. I'm like, you're somewhere between five and 10. I don't know how old you are. Anyways, he's this young kid and, um, his parents have a baby. Like they, he, now he has a baby sister and it's kind of him dealing with, you know, not, no longer being the center of attention, but like kind of still needing attention cause he's young. So it's kind of his story and it, um, it's overall good. It kind of gave me a Totoro vibe in a good way in that it's kind of like a, um, like a kid's fantasy turned into reality. So like it has that kind of whimsy, like it, it, like, you know, with Totoro, it's like you're following those two girls and they find Totoro and they're like going on all these wild adventures. Uh, this is kind of like that, but with an aspect of time travel. <laughs> so cool. he, he, he's meeting, um, his great grandparents. Like uh, it's never, it's never really established if it's his fantasy or if it's reality doesn't matter. But like, he's, he's going back in time and being like, Oh, so this is why my dad's this way because of my great grandfather who did this, blah, blah, blah. And this is who he was. And then like going back to my mom's youth when she was a child and the way she acted when she was the same age I am and stuff like that. And I think it executes super, super, super well on almost all of it. And it's lighthearted and sweet and cute and fun. Uh, that being said, holy fuck, the main character is just so insufferable. Oh, <laughs> like no. he's just such an obnoxious brat who I just absolutely despised. <laughs> like, like he, he's designed to be bratty, but I feel like it's just exaggerated so much to the point where it seems contrived. Like it's like, Oh, I went through this experience and had this life lesson and I should be a better person. Then five minutes later, he's just a total piece of shit again. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that there's like a fine line where you can make that like really like lovable, but it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. So I would say everything about it, except for that main character is really, really, really good. But that main character being so bad makes the movie just okay. So, uh, I, I think it's worth a watch, especially, I think it's a really good kids movie. Um, so if you, if you like kids movies that are lighthearted, I would recommend it, uh, much more than I would recommend Chernobyl. If you're looking for something lighthearted, <laughs> I, um, I remember seeing a lot of ads for it when I was in Japan last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I remember thinking that the ads look nice and now I'm watching the stream and it looks even nicer than I thought it was going to look like, 
it's very pretty but yeah. that's all it, i have to say about it <laughs> the, the art is really nice and Mamoru hosoda the director like if you haven't seen the girl who leapt through time i would recommend that before this because i think it's actually a little better and the story it tells is a more intricate and b a little more impactful but like if you're going kind of down the Ghibli route, like I would call this Totoro and I would call that other one, like more, I don't know, somewhere between princess Mononoke and spirited away. Like okay. those both are more, they're telling deeper stories. Whereas Totoro is just being cute. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, that's, that's it. Uh, it's worth watching if you're into that. If you are annoyed by children, maybe don't watch it. <laughs> No, I, I've 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 never said seen the the girl who left through time, and I've always kind of meant to. So I'll probably have to watch both of them. I think you would like it, knowing that we have some stuff in common when it comes to time travel, anime e kind of stuff. I think yeah. you, you in particular might actually enjoy it. Yeah, I th- <laughs> I, I, I I'd like to watch both, and uh, yeah. Yo. Keep picking up my phone to look at this closer because it looks really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it it does look real pretty. But um, something that I've been noticing between Outer Wilds and E3 this year, game developers have finally been watching anime and they're doing the time loop story all the time now. Like, and they're doing good time loops. They are. That's like, the they, amazing thing. Yeah, they finally. Oh god, I, I was about to call out two titles, but it's a spoiler for both of both of them. So never mind. But, <laughs> Uh, some of the time loops, I don't know. I'm very interested to see what that 12 minutes game is like. I'm super interested in that. If, if, that, game, if that game is, is a murder your wife simulator, then fuck that. That's my <laughs> big concern. That's fair. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then like in the interview that he did on the giant bomb couch, the designer was like, it, at first I was like, Oh no. So it's not a murder your wife simulator. And then he talked about how the, well, some of the ways you can murder your wife. And then I was like, Oh, <laughs> So it is a murder your wife simulator. <laughs> yeah, but I I might see that similar to like Limbo or Inside in the yes you can do that and they have accounted for it, but maybe it's not the focus. Hmm. Yeah, I feel less weird. I don't know. I can see your point. I don't know that I think it's a. I'm. I have a good point in this, but it feels less weird to me when you are playing as a character that can get murdered versus playing as a character that is murdering someone. If that makes any sense, there's like a weird disconnect there for me. I can see how it could trigger the same gross stuff in certain people either way, but you should, you should play, uh, you should play Steins Gate. <laughs> I'm not a fan of, of, I don't necessarily domestic violence is one of those things that I don't necessarily think needs to be portrayed in, yes, I would in stuff like video games. Like, I'm not going to say again, I'm not here to censor anyone's creative energy, but I, let's put it this way. I'm not interested in playing games that have domestic well, violence. It's, as it's a, something I, I feel like it's something where if you're going to cover it, you have to be really good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like deliberate and maybe 12 minutes is that it just from the little bit that we saw, it felt more to me like, let's put it this way. I'm far more interested in like a game where you are investigating a crime like that. Hmm. Like, like for example, I, for all of its numerous problems on so many levels, I enjoyed LA noir when that came out. Um, that totally has like themes of domestic violence in it, but it's in the case where you're like, you're a detective, you're going after these, like you're going after this person, uh, excuse me. Um, 
so I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when that game comes out. I don't want to like say that it's, I'm not trying to like cancel that game before it, it's even out, but, <laughs> but it was very interesting to me that the time it, and it gets back to like a core thing about time loops, which is like, there's a weird, like there's no consequences fantasy, um, associated with time loops. And I always could find that to be kind of a troubling aspect of, I think, of, the, of, the, of it. I think that aspect can be handled well, though. I was jokingly mentioning Steins gate. Steins gate actually does handle that pretty well. Eventually. Yeah, uh, same sure. with, same with the nonary games, but yeah, at some point, those are things that I would like to experience when the time strikes. But yeah. But yeah. Anyways, that's, that's all I got is a couple handful of new games and a couple shows and movies. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Pat, how about you? Yeah. So, um, first of all, I wanted to touch, I found this, the two games that I have for you, Allison, when you have completed the outer wilds, not before, uh, <laughs> actually not <laughs> before. One of them, one of them is a totally, before. one of them is totally relaxing and might be a perfect thing for you to play while you're trying to get to a place where you can enjoy the outer wilds. But, um, first one is there's a game that came out last year, uh, last October, actually, um, that I think if I had given more time to it, probably would have cracked my game of the year list called helium rain. Hmm. Um, super, super indie game. Um, I don't know the size of the team. I can't imagine it's more than 10 people probably. Um, it is channeling, um, the old X games quite a bit. Um, X three in particular, um, which are like super rough, not very polished, mega mega buggy space sims that are really overly complex helium rain does a great job of kind of dialing those games back a little bit to something that kind of gets at the core of what makes those games good without bringing all of the baggage um it's still complicated but it's very focused on trading um it's set around a single planet instead of a huge like galaxy (laughs) um so it's the idea is that like these people came to this planet because they thought they're going to be able to um, colonize it, but then it turns out that it is pretty inhospitable and, um, they didn't have a way to get back to earth. So they're stuck there and they kind of build this society in orbit around the planet and its moons. Um, so it's very fun. It's, it's, it's not narrative at all. It's all like focused on trading and, um, there's a little bit of combat in it, but it's mostly a trading sim. Uh, but it's, it's cool. The thing I like most about it is it has a very intuitive AI programming system where one of the big things about the X games, is you can kind of build a fleet of ships. Uh, in fact, you can even build an entire faction, um, which is fun, but it's very complicated and very time consuming helium rain dials that back. There's not like big, huge, I think you sort of can build a faction, but it's not necessarily the focus. Um, and it has very simple programming for programming other ships like that you own to go do their trading. Um, so that one's really cool. If you're into the trading aspect, the other one that I wanted to shout out quickly made by a single person that has been in development since 2014 is a game called Rodina. Um, I don't know why I've never brought this up before. The goal stated goal of the sole developer is to make Daggerfall in space. Mm. Um, and it is interesting. The closest game that I've played that comes to evoking that, uh, it's an extraordinary game, especially when you consider it's made by one person, very low yeah. five visuals, like not quite Minecrafty, but, um, definitely trending that direction versus some of the more like realistic visuals and something like helium rain. Um, but it's totally, it's really, really good. There's a lot of like exploration. There's a lot of combat, but it's all, it's not like super, super complex. It's kind of like, um, it's probably the closest thing mechanically to something like the outer wilds that I've played. 
um, cause it does sort of have like a mystery to, to what's going on in the solar system that you're in, but it's, it's much more combat focused and the planets are planet sized. Um, that's sort of like the goal. I don't know that they're technically as big as like earth, but they're like no man's sky planet sized. Um, so there's, but there's a mix of procedural and handmade stuff happening in the game. And again, made by one dude, which is pretty rad. Um, it's it's a game that'll probably be perpetually in early access because, uh, it's a huge project for one person, but it is at this point, a fully playable game. Um, he just adds things on top of what's there already. Uh, and it has a narrative, but it's mostly told through like finding journals and stuff. Mm. So, you can kind of play it forever and have fun with it. Uh, and both of those games are like under $20. So cool. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll add both of those to my wish list and then, um, hopefully finish, uh, outer wilds and then take a look at those. Yeah. Uh, as to what I've been playing this week, um, <laughs> I, uh, I have been playing the, uh, new Igarashi game bloodstained. Um, I had very low expectations for it coming in, to be honest. Um, I'm a big fan of, um, I, I love the original Castlevania. I like Castlevania too. It's not my favorite, but it's, oh, I think it's enjoyable. I really like Castlevania three. And, um, mm. of course, Symphony of the night, uh, is my favorite of those games. I kind of fell off after that. I played the first of the DS games, but I didn't finish it. Um, and lords of shadow no i never played those honestly um i like so i as we've talked about in the past i don't really like plat like 2d platformers um however i really like the fact that the castlevania games were 2d um i think there are i would rather play devil may cry or bayonetta basically than a 3d castlevania game personally mm-hmm. um but uh anyway coming into bloodstained i had really low expectations i was i haven't really followed its development that closely um i didn't kickstart it uh i'm actually currently playing it for a review for the the rapid reviews the site that that um sam and andre and i have all been doing some reviews for so grain of salt i did get a code for it uh but um i didn't really have very high expectations didn't back it didn't play the the little like the retro game that they made um And I kind of thought it looked bad, uh, even after they revealed the like visual over like the visual pass they did on it, I still was not very in- into the visual design of the characters or, or the environments. Uh, so that was kind of my stance coming in. And I have to say after like, I think I'm like five or six hours into it. Um, I'm like 33% of the way through it. I think that game is pretty phenomenal. Um, it's, it's like very much a return to form. The characters have grown on me a lot. Even the story, while I don't think it's particularly like groundbreaking or good necessarily, it's more interesting than I thought it was going to be at the beginning. I definitely think it's more interesting than like the original Castlevania, for example. (laughs) Um, there's more meat to it than that, at least. Um, and the, even though the environments, it doesn't, they don't look particularly good. Like they're the, the visuals that are, that are there are not like that great. Like they're not like, like if you ask me what the perfect visual style for a new Castlevania type game would be, I would say something along the lines of like what guilty gear is doing, like a really, really, really beautiful 
like 3d anime look would be where I would say they could, uh, should shoot for this is much more of like a, it looks kind of like a, a 3d, like a 2.5 D game from four, three or four years ago. It kind of um, looks like a lower fidelity dead cells. Uh, except that it's all 3d. It's not sprite based. I think that cells oh. looks significantly better than, than bloodstained. Um, that being said, I don't think it detracts. I think some of the enemy designs are, really really cool um and some of them are quite disturbing uh and um i think the characters have grown on me a lot at first they all seemed like different shades of kind of bland and not interesting but over time they have more personality in the things they say really than the way they look which i like um the main character included uh there's also like a bit of fashion soulsy stuff that you can do that made me like the look of the main character a lot more. Um, like she starts off and, um, I don't know. I just was like, kind of like, this is very much like anime woman with weird tattoos. Uh, but, but some of the gear you can get in the game gives you different, like it shows up on the character and you, there's eventually you meet a character that can, um, he's actually a demon barber and his curse is that he has to, cut 666 different styles of hair. Um, so <laughs> you can, you can, you can get your hair cut by him and there's some pretty good, good, uh, good haircuts and you can change your color palette around and stuff. Um, so visually I kind of have come around on, on, I've gotten used to it, I guess is what I would say. At first I was kind of put off by how it looked, but I, at this point I'm used to it. And the gameplay is like super, 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 super tight. Um, it is, everything you like it doesn't really do anything new in the space but it's really really solid um castlevania style like you're getting different weapons a huge array of different weapons um and they fall into types but they have little differences here and there that are are um I hesitate to say dark souls like, because really they're Castlevania like, like <laughs> there's elements of dark souls that crib from Castlevania. And so it's, it's, I, I don't, people will play this. If they haven't played symphony of the night, people will play this and see a lot of inspiration from dark souls, but really it's just bringing in the stuff that dark souls took from Castlevania. Um, but, uh, the, like I have a weapon now that is like a sword that you throw and it spins. So it like, but it doesn't spin in just like a bore, like a normal pattern. It spins kind of in a bit of an arc. So you can throw it and it does a certain amount of damage and spins back to you. Um, there's like a really cool gun that I have. Um, and then there's a wide range of other stuff that other people might like more. There's like spears and whips and, and, uh, different lengths of swords and daggers. There's boots you can get like, uh, that have like knives in them or that are just like boots that give you kick uh, Kung Fu attacks. <laughs> um, so there's a wide range of that stuff. There's different gear with different stats for armor and, and helmets and accessories, kind of what you would expect from the, from, from a Castlevania. Um, it's not really a loot game in the sense that you're not getting loads and loads of like colored loot. It's, it's much more like classic Castlevania where sometimes enemies will drop weapons and stuff. Um, usually you're getting stuff out of chests, uh, the thing that I don't remember being in any of the Castlevania games that I played, but maybe they introduced in later DS games is there is crafting in the game. Um, it's super light though, and you don't need to interface with it really. Um, so if it's, if you're put off by crafting stuff, like it may be something you need to farm a little bit for in, 
to get like a hundred percent, but it's not been obtrusive or frustrating at all so far. Um, there's weird stuff. Like there's literal farming in the game. There's a character that has a, a garden and you can take seeds to him and then he'll farm ingredients basically for you that you can use to cook meals. And those give you like stat boosts like you would expect from meal eating in games. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, if you like those kinds of games, I think it's a pretty easy recommendation. Um, it has, I don't think it's super, super long. I think it's like around 10 to 15 hours, um, to, to get through it. Um, but it doesn't feel like thin either. Um, there's a lot of stuff and I think to hundred percent, it would probably take twice that amount of time. Cause there's a lot of side areas to get into that you would expect and stuff. Um, they do a really good job of pacing when you get different abilities, uh, in, and they're like kind of fundamental abilities to things like a double jump. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, there's a lot and it's just fun to see how like the world connects up to itself and folds back in on itself. The bosses are so far kind of a bit of a mixed bag. Like I fought the first boss I fought was like pretty challenging and really like required you to get good at the like dodging. I didn't mean to put it in those terms, uh, <laughs> requires you to, to elevate your skill at the dodging and stuff like that. You uh, said what you meant. <laughs> no, I did not mean it that way. Trust me. You gotta get more lead um, to pwn those bosses. Ugh, God. Um, God. <laughs> I don't think this is a game that sells itself on difficulty though, to, to kind of be clear. Like it, it's, it's challenging. I was just, I'm so used to in games like this, being able to just kind of face tank things, you do have to engage a little bit with like the dodging and stuff. Um, it, it just, it, but it's not like a souls like or anything in that regard. It's, it's tough at times, but it's not like no, nobody, anybody who's like, there's higher, let's put it this way. There are difficulty options. Like there are higher difficulties that you can go to if you really want that kind of thing. The normal difficulty is not built for that. Um, and, uh, so then I fought like another boss that was very much about recognizing attack patterns, which I was really into. And then eventually I fought a boss that like was about recognizing attack patterns, but it was also pretty easy. Um, mm -hmm. and there's been a couple of those where I've just sort of like one shot at them. Um, like one shot of them is in not died on them, beat them in one, in one battle. Um, so I don't know, some of, some of them are impressive and a little, and just challenging enough where you have to try it a couple of times. Some of them have seemed kind of like pushovers, but, um, it doesn't really take away from the fact that like just the general act of playing the game is very fun. Um, it has, uh, hmm? oh, no, please. Uh, I was gonna say it has like the, the like spell attack things that you have in symphony of the night where you're doing like quarter circles and back forwards with certain weapons to do a different attacks. It has, um, uh, like item usage to like different potions and stuff like that. It kind of has everything you would expect. All right. So Castlevania checklist time. Does it have Frankenstein's monster? Not so far. Does it have meat that you hit walls to reveal? Sort of not meat, but it has flowers that come out of candles that give you magic points back. Uh, not health. D does it have bats? Mm-hmm. D does it have you sitting at a waterfall and crouching for like a million years? So a cyclone takes you away. No, uh, it does have <laughs> various points. This is one of my favorite touches. So there's a, um, there's all these powers you get from killing the enemies. Um, I can't remember which game introduced that. If that was in symphony of the night, or I think at least it was in one of the DS games, if nothing else, um, 
where you kill an enemy and occasionally they'll drop like an ability. And so like, it might be like shoot arrows out of your hand or whatever. Um, there's different slots for them. There's passive ones, active ones that are on R2 and then like sort of super move spells that are on triangle. Cool. One of them is a familiar slot. So some of the enemies can become familiars for you. Mm. And my favorite one so far is a floating book. Um, that is like kind of a Necronomicon kind of thing. Um, and it's great cause there's points where you can sit down in chairs and it's just like a, I think there's probably a trophy for sitting in all the chairs. That would be my guess. Um, they don't do anything. Um, but when you sit down at the chairs, uh, she like sits down and then the book, like if you have the book as a familiar, the book like opens up and sits and floats in front of her as she, and she like reads out of it, which is kind of a cool touch with the familiars. So there's a lot of neat little things like that. So it turns into the original near. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was very reminiscent of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Cool. That, partic- that one particular thing is very reminiscent of that. Um, I'm interested now. Yeah. I it will also cool. say that a specific, this is a hyper specific thing that most people aren't going to care about. When I initially saw the design of the lead character, mm-hmm. I was very much like, this is going to be gross. There's going to be tons of like, panty shots because she has like a like corset skirt thing on and i can report for anyone concerned about that kind of thing which i know there are people who are she has like super like baggy pantaloon shorts on underneath so there's no weirdness there (laughs) i was very happy to see that because i was like if i if i'm gonna get gross shots every single time she uses the kung fu shoes I'm not going to use that weapon ever, but no. Right. So it's well, pretty safe from that perspective. Thank Pantaloon. you for the, f- thank you for the panty check-in. <laughs> don't, I, I don't that like be... that I have to do it, but <laughs> that's our, that's like a regular segment. What, like what's the panty check-in? Hey, I mean, that's a real, <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because you brought like bringing up near. That's a thing oh, yeah. that, that, that turned a yeah. lot of people off from playing near automata because sure. there's mm-hmm. that gross shit in that game. Yeah. Um, that's really unfortunate. So that is not present. I have not really seen anything in bloodstained that's particularly pervy. So, uh, if you're interested in the game and, but concerned about that, that has not been an issue. That's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of other thoughts on it. I'm going to keep getting through it. I'll probably have a review of it early next week. I think I, I have one question. Yeah. The subtitle curse of the moon. Does it have any relevance? Uh, it's actually called Ritual of the Night. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Curse of the Moon is one of the is DS the, games. Yeah, it's the DS thing. Never mind. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, my bad. Ritual of the Night does have some relevance. The story in that game is real fucking weird. Like, it's not a spoiler because <laughs> it's in the opening cutscene. Like, the, idea, the, the premise is that, like, during the Industrial Revolution, the alchemists got mad because the rich people didn't want their services anymore because now they had machines. And so it takes place in England. And so um, the alchemist guild figured out that they could summon demons by doing a ritual. They put, they grew crystals inside of people and then by ritually sacrificing them, were able to summon demons and you do. the first time the church beat the demons um, but now that they're summoning the demons again and you are one of two, they call them shard binders, the people with the crystals in their bodies. You're one of two shard binders that survived the ritual. One of them survived because like when they tried to sacrifice him, it just 
didn't take, I guess, and he didn't die. And for you, it's because you went into a coma right before the ritual was done. And they, I guess you needed to be awake for the sacrifice to work or something. So they didn't sacrifice you. Uh, so it's a weird story. Um, very weird. <laughs> it's kind again, at first I was like, well, this is just a dumb setup for all of this stuff to happen. It's getting a little bit more interesting as I go in terms of like, well, actually there might be like a twist or surprise in here that I wasn't expecting, but I wouldn't say play it for the story. I would say play it cause it, it's fun and the combat's really good. Right on. There, I have I have encountered a single vampire so far. I'll say that he operates a library. My kind of vampire. Yeah, <laughs> take one book out at a time. Does he use the Dewey Decimal System? No, he just uses a menu. Well, but it's cool because the different books give you different stat buffs, so you can have one with you at a time. Anyway, that's mostly what I got. I can, we can talk about that Harry Potter game. Yeah, that's like pretty much like I I personally this week was very light for gaming for me. Um, so I've been playing a lot of uh, um, Pokemon Heart Gold. I'm right almost to yeah. be four, and then I'm going to be I'm like literally trying to play through every Pokemon, uh, not generation, but each region. Uh, not not necessarily before Sword and Shield, but just like in general like ha- going like having a memory lane for all the Pokemon games. Um, but I've been playing that and that's been a very nice game to have when I've been stressed out to just kind of like, well, time to go, uh, do s- just play some Pokemon. Um, but both Pat and I have tried the new, uh, Harry Potter go, AKA Harry Potter wizards unite, which is the new game by Niantic. Yep. Uh, which um, did uh, Pokemon Go and in, in Ingress and in Ingress. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, yeah. That Wizards United is fucking weird. <laughs> it's a weird, it is, it's a weird it's, game. Yeah, it's well. Okay, so I think one of the things that is um, that hit both of us, and I think is important to let people know, is while it is fundamentally similar to Pokemon go. And that's like built around the real world that you're in. It's really different. Um, yeah. The map is even the same in some ways, like focus most, not all, but most focus stops that I have encountered in my area. I know you had a little bit different experience, Allison, but yeah. they are something in wizards unite. And that's certainly true for the gyms, like gyms in Mm -hmm. Pokemon go are like these challenge towers and wizards unite. So like the map is the same in a lot of ways. In fact, Um, the interface looks almost identical to Pokemon go. Yeah. Yeah. Except for personally. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Should I download this? (laughs) You should, you should install it. It's it's totally worth checking out. So I I honestly want to hear your thoughts since we both went through the trials of, uh, it's so much better than the other one. I have, I have, I have have a question. Yeah. So the focus of Pokemon go is walking around and collecting Pokemon. What is the focus of Harry Potter wizards unite? Um, walking around and okay. So the thing is, is that it's very, it's slightly confusing and in our chat, uh, 
Sam has been showing us how his wife Fiona has been confused by it. And I mean, to be fair, that's where I was. Uh, it's confusing. Yeah. It's confusing. Um, so basically there's a story where some giant spell is, yeah. is sort of, uh, something happens something and now happens. there's magical stuff everywhere. That's yeah. what it is. That's and really the long and short of it. Yeah, thank you. Because I was like, how do I even explain? <laughs> a spell that? happened and now there's magic. Well, there's, and now there's magical stuff everywhere and you have to like so, basically undo that spell so that the, so that wizards aren't uh, revealed so, to the rest of the world. To, to so answer your question on a simpler level, Alex, what you're doing is walking around and collecting things still. That is okay. still like the most basic thing. It's just but, instead of collecting Pokemon, you are drawing a symbol on your screen to cast a spell at unique things. Okay. Listen, uh, Hogwarts, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that horrible Hogwarts mystery game had a whole lot of this going on in it. Yeah. And this, this is making me real nervous. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> what I'll say is that I think uh, Pokemon go, um, is you develop like playing Pokemon go, you hit a, hit a point where you're, you, you're just optimized at throwing Pokeballs. Like you're just good at it. Um, and so at that point, the game doesn't really like change at all from Pokemon to Pokemon. They just get harder to harder to catch. Um, whereas one thing I do like about wizards unite is that, and this is going to sound like such a s- stupid, simple thing, but at least like, each time you find one of these things, it's a bit of a like, oh, it has that sort of surprise element that Pokemon Go has where you first see the Pokemon revealed. Um, in this case, it's like, oh, okay, so this time it is like um, the, the a magical car stuck in a tree or whatever. It's a lot of iconic stuff from the from the, the books. So like the first one you encounter is Hagrid, like covered in like webs, and um, it's it's it uses the AR and I, you may be able to turn it off. It actually I turned it off. Really? See, I think it's yeah. kind of fun in, whereas in Pokemon go, it's an annoyance. Like the AR not good. I actually kind of like it in wizards unite because it'll be like, Oh, there's Hagrid on the sidewalk covered in webbing. Obviously if you're like sitting at your desk at work and there's, it, it could be that here's Hagrid like on your keyboard, on your keyboard, <laughs> yeah, which is a little less like convincing, <laughs> but whatever it's magic. Um, so then what you're doing is you're kind of like aligning magic. your camera to, uh, to, to the, to the thing, tapping the screen, and then you're drawing a magic symbol. Um, which mean, which is why the AR works for me a little bit better because it's not like you're trying to aim at anything at that point. You're just drawing on the screen. Um, so, so, so what you're saying is it's basically, there was a, sorry to go back a step. The story is basically that there was a magical explosion and you're dealing with the magical fallout. Correct. Yeah. So it's yeah. basically Chernobyl, but magic. Sure. Put it that way. Okay. Understood. There's still like, a, there's actually a lot more of a story involved yes. and I have no idea how far the story goes, but there's like an element of like, we don't know what caused this. So we need yeah. to like, you need to like do that. And I think that's one of the, like good things about this game in particular mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of like progression in it a lot more than Pokemon go. So like there's a progression for like, you have to do a bunch of tasks and you progress the little story with this group. You have progression and you gain levels, which means that there's more stuff that's unlocked to you. Um, 
and, and then also even just filling out collecting stuff. It's less like, Oh, I have this uh, box full of creatures. It's more of like, Oh, we're returning things to this world. So it's yeah. like, kind of like a sticker book in a way. Yes. It's uh, totally a sticker book. Yeah. Like, you literally have to go in and place the sticker when you, yeah, get enough of it. yeah. But, it, but there's like a definite, but it's a lot like more of a sense of progression of like, okay, yeah. I have four out of five for this one. Um, and that's Which, the stuff I really like about it. Um, mm-hmm. And and then the other thing that is, that is the other that's, so that's the basic mechanic. That's what like, that's the equivalent of catching Pokemon in this game. Yeah. Um, however, <laughs> have, have you done any of the challenge towers yet, Allison? Yeah, I've done a couple yeah. of them. So there's a full, instead of gyms, there's like these challenge towers where you, um, you go in and you can go in with a group. I've only done it solo so far. Cause I don't know anybody around me that's playing this game. Um, Same here. and you, um, basically like set up a combat encounter and the combat is a lot better. I think it's still simple, but it's a lot better. I think than Pokemon goes combat Pokemon goes combat is like, you just tap on the screen as fast as you can. And then you push a button to do a special attack. Um, and it's more about like the strategy of setting up your team versus what you're going to face, which is cool because that's really when you get into it, that's really what Pokemon is at a more competitive level is like team composition more than like moment to moment decision-making skill that certainly plays into it. But anyway, Pokemon goes combat is fine. I'm not really dragging it, but um, Harry Potter's combat is a little bit more, engaging to me because instead it's like you're drawing a symbol to do a magical attack. Um, well, first you're like lining up the attack, tapping, drawing a magical symbol to do the attack. And then with some a small amount of timing, doing a swipe to defend against an enemy's attack. So it's a little bit more, there's a little bit more there. Um, and there's still the like different types of enemies have different modifiers and stuff. Some of them can be, more susceptible to certain um, like potions and things that you could throw at them. Some of them could be more dangerous in certain ways. So I actually think the combat given Niantic's like prior games, I think this is a pretty cool step forward for them in designing combat. It is still very simple though. So I don't want to oversell it. It's, uh, it's simple, but it feels like, okay, this isn't just pressing a button. Yes. It's, and it's sort of satisfying because since it's not just pressing a button, like you do your spell. And if you do it with like, there's a certain amount of skill to drawing the symbol too. like the better yeah. you draw the symbol and the faster you do it, you'll do more damage. So, um, there's, there's that element of it as well. Um, right. which is which kind is of also for the, uh, like catching encounters. Yes. As well. Yeah. Uh, um, it's the equivalent of like throwing a pokeball. Well, um, uh, so there's that stuff. And then also the equivalent of Pocus stops in this game. And I had, this is the thing I've not really engaged with at all because I haven't actually been in a position to everywhere I've been. It's either been where a challenge tower is or just stuff to catch. But um, the gyms are like different kinds of buildings, like inns and greenhouses and stuff. So you actually play a little mini game instead of just spinning a thing to get pokeballs. Um, uh, it's not really a mini game. It's like, just like you draw a little thing. Okay. Well, it is as much of a, it is from what Polygon was suggesting that each of them has a slightly different thing that you do. Mm. So I don't I know. Seen it. I haven't yeah. seen different ones, but, um, there's also like some stuff like you brew potions eventually. Yeah. Um, and 
then you also have like skill trees for your character too. Like you select a profession. I haven't gotten this far yet, but you select a profession and then there's actual skill trees that give you different boosts in different ways. Um, so there's a lot going on. I think my thoughts, my issue with it, I think it's actually a more engaging game in a lot of ways than Pokemon go is the issue though, is I don't know if that's a good thing for the type of game that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam said something in our chat just a few minutes ago that, that I think kind of encapsulates this game where he, what he's doing right now is he's playing Pokemon go while his wife plays wizards unite, which is totally something you could do because they operate on the same map. So you're both going to be trying to go to the same things, but he's, he pointed out that like his wife keeps having to stop to do the thing because Mm -hmm. everything is a little bit more complicated. So it's just enough that you really have to like stop and think about it just to kind of go like, well, what am I supposed to do with this place? Whereas with Pokemon go, you can just keep going. Like you can, you can hit a poke stop swipe and you're moving. Um, or even if you have like, I mean, even if you buy one of the, um, accessories for it, you can just like take a walk and push buttons like and just like, it's not quite as engaging, but at the same time, like it allows you to take a walk and, uh, collect things while you go. I think if you are the kind of, if like, if you live, this is why I think you in particular should download it, Erica. I think if you live in a denser area where there's lots of things to do in around like specific spots. So you could go to the park and sit on a bench for 15 minutes and do some stuff and then walk over to another bench and, to play the stuff there for 15 minutes nice. that I think could be really fun and engaging. I don't know how fun it would be to like, like I had my partner, I had the best time a couple of weeks ago. Cause we went to a local park that has some trails. It's not like real hiking trails. They're very well maintained, but it is in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went there and walked around and played Pokemon go for like an hour and a half. It was a blast because it felt like, like it really did kind of get to that fantasy of like, we're walking around in the forest, catching Pokemon. I don't know that we would, that, that this game would be fun in that way. Right. But I also think that there's a lot of cool stuff in it that is worth checking out. So I probably will keep playing it. But to me, the dream for playing this game is to like go down to Seattle center and sit on the grass and play with it for a while, as opposed to, going to Seattle center and taking a walk around the city. Yeah. It's it's interesting though. Cause, um, like my, my biggest issue is something that I think there's, they've gotten a lot of flack for and are, are actually yeah. starting to be figure out, which is each time you cast a spell, it costs energy, um, an energy thing, which is basically, um, like, you know, if you have a pokeball, but, um, getting the energy, it requires going to those, uh, ends. And I feel like it's been a lot, um, harder for me to do it than, uh, than it has been in Pokemon go. Like, yeah, yeah, I work person, like I work, um, in an office building in, in the downtown of my city. So I, I, it's like really close to a lot of stuff. And in Pokemon go, like if I'm just sitting at my desk, I can, uh, reach a couple of different Pokestops. So I, I really have never had any issues with getting Pokeballs. Whereas right now, um, like what you mentioned a little bit that the map has changed, uh, or has stayed the same for you. Uh, whereas for me, um, where there were several Pokestops near my, my desk, like I can usually hit like three or four. 
um, I can hit one in uh, by my desk, which um, which then gives me one usually gives me one spell energy per five minutes, and I have to actively check in every five minutes to get that spell energy. And there's a maximum you can have too. There's a maximum. Not true. Well, it sort of is true. Well, it's true because you have a you have a bag limit, but. I hit the bag limit a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you have to hit, like you hit the bag limit if you have like two hundred pokeballs. You know, yeah, and and like, and expanding the um, spell energy limit costs a lot more than it costs to expand your. Uh, yeah, it's inventory. like two bucks to expand your bag in Pokemon. So usually, I just do it when I hit. Yeah, the it costs, and it costs like well, and you can in Pokemon Go. From what I understand, it's like you expand it by like fifty, whereas. Yeah. Here for it, it costs the same amount, but it expands it by ten in yeah. Pokemon in uh, uh, Wizard Unite. Um, and you use the spell energy at the same rate that you would use Pokeballs because sometimes it takes more though. Yeah, with the challenge, with the challenge. Uh, oh tower, right, yeah, exactly. Every every single spell that you use costs one. Right. So like battling, you don't use Pokeballs. No. Yeah. Whereas uh, here, you're using spell energy constantly, so it's really. Um, I, kind of unfortunate. I think that I, I actually checked in on the uh, Wizards Unite Reddit, and there the the dev team has like been like, "We get you. Here's a free spell energy pack. We're updating the spell energy so that you get more." But I think that it's something that um, hopefully they'll keep figuring out. Mostly because, I, like, I think it's at odds with the type of game it is, which, like, like you mentioned, where it you need to be a little bit more active yeah. whereas to get spell energy it's kind of, it kind of feels like oh you you take a walk and you visit a bunch of different inns and it's like well but that's not really the optimal way to play it yeah, yeah. it's it's a weird thing and i think we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday i think honestly what it stems from and i should say too i think that pokemon go is probably one of the fairest mobile games ever with its like monetization um the bag limit thing I could see some arguments that that's a little because eh, you like it is an artificial limit and stuff, but I also, I get it and they have to make money somehow. And there's no ads in the game anywhere. Um, but like I probably spend maybe $5 on Pokemon go every three months or so when I'm playing mm-hmm. it actively. And it just, it feels very fair. If I were getting more into raids and stuff, which I don't do as much, I'd probably be spending a little bit more, but it definitely feels like the kind of game where you can, the degree to which you play it really determines how much you'll want to put into it in a fair way though. Like you're not really ever going to need to put loads of money into it, even like you would with some, some plenty of free to play games that I've played on PC and stuff. But I think the thing we were talking about is I feel like they're kind of falling into the trap that literally everyone who makes any Harry Potter thing falls into, which is just that like the Harry Potter fandom will spend fuck loads of money on Harry Potter, like way more than star Wars, way more than, than Pokemon, way more than like any other fandom that I'm familiar with. Harry Potter fandom will just drop cash on stuff related to it. Like it's, true of and star wars comes close but like my experience of going to the um harry potter park at universals uh, in florida was a good example of this where i mean that's amazing it's the best theme park experience i've ever had by like a very very long amount um but 
it's things like it's sort of one theme park. Like there's two sections of it and they charge you for entry into both of their theme parks to go to both sections of it because they separate them by a ride on the Hogwarts express. And like, even though you probably should just be able to pay for a Harry Potter pass that lets you go to both for one park fee, you have to pay to get into both of their theme parks. Um, artificial stuff like that. Things like buying like, the merchandise there, like the wand that I bought while I was there was like $50. And it's like, it was like, a, it's like very much. And everyone was doing it. Like everyone there was buying all of this stuff. Um, like you could even to buy like a butter beer, it was like $8 and it's, wow. it's like a, basically like a super sugary soda. Um, so like, <laughs> The, and the Harry Potter fandom is just, I think, so desperate for good things. Because <laughs> so much of the media that is associated with it, aside from the original books and the movies, is bad. Um, that I think, and I'm, don't get me wrong, like if they announced like the Harry Potter video game that I want, which would be like Destiny, but Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> I would spend a hundred dollars on the collector's edition for that. Like I'm definitely part of the problem, but I think maybe Niantic is kind of seeing that as like, well, Harry Potter fans will spend to get their energy back. So I just yeah. told me I'm going too fast and I'm sitting in my bed. So, oh, I yeah. <laughs> but if you're going too fast, it shows your character on a broom, which I think is cute. <laughs> I will say far more than anything I've ever seen from Niantic before. They have the coolest visual thing in this game that I've seen from them or from any like AR geo coded game where the game boots up and it shows like an owl flying above the clouds. And then the owl like swoops down and it just swoops right down into the map view, like seamlessly. It's pretty cool. Like it goes, the clouds part and the camera moves down and then you're in that Pokemon go view of your character on the street. Um, but yeah, it's a weird game. I'm going to keep playing it because I'm fascinated by it, but I think it's got weird issues. Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep trying it for a little bit. Um, I might uh, try spending the $2 on that intro pack and, yeah, same. Uh, and then just see how far I can go with it. Um, it helps that I like Niantic, so I don't mind giving them a bit yeah. of the benefit of the doubt and throwing a few bucks their way. Um, and, and I think they make good products so yeah and like i said they have like actively shown up on the wizards unite subreddit and been like we hear you this isn't we're, we're working on this so uh here we're giving you free energy we're updating the energy so like it feels like they're already trying to rebalance it in a n nice way so that's that's really that made me feel um it's encouraging enc yeah definitely very encouraging that they're uh decide that they're trying to uh um constantly update it instead of uh kind of just ignoring it like uh the hogwarts mystery team uh, seems to have yeah uh, i wonder how that story's going because i i wonder too <laughs> i would like don't that. just I, don't i don't know i don't want to play it but i want the story i wish i could pay like ten dollars and just have it be like all unlocked. Yeah, same. And I know that they'd never do that because free to play. Because no, people will pay $40 to have it all unlocked over months. I know, <laughs> but, 
I want to, I want to know. I want to get the story. I like, I want to read it. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't think like, that story was that good. It's, no, I, no but, but it's, it's cute. It's cute. <laughs> That's, that's a great way of describing it. It's real cute. <laughs> it's cute. And I'm like, okay, I want to know what happens to my brother. I think that's, it's like, it's sweet. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Still wait for a really good Harry Potter console and PC. God, give it's me the Harry coming. Potter RPG I want. We've been saying it for like 15 to 20 years. Yeah, it's right around the corner. It's not. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know that I have confidence that it will ever happen to be honest. I don't either, but God, I want it. Yeah. And again, if you had asked me, if you had asked me five or six years ago, if they would ever make a star Wars, dark souls game, I would have said no. And that would yeah. be- <laughs> Maybe this is what know. Rocksteady is working on. They they're with WB, right? Don't say stuff like that. What? <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Yes. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, 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 no, but I totally get your point though of like Harry Potter fans being just like starved for quality. Content. Totally. And I'm part of the, because I'm part of the problem. I, 100% me too, because I was a very, very invested Harry Potter fan as a kid. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. But then now it's like, oh, we're going to keep doing stuff, but none of it's good. And I'm like, yeah, make some of it good. And like, I say this as a fan of the first Fantastic Beasts movie, which is not perfect, but I love it. I like the first one. I, I still haven't seen the second one. I have no interest in seeing the second one. It sounds like doo doo. I, I, I just got spoiled. I, I like spoiled myself for all of it. And I'm like, I should just read a plot synopsis too, because it sounds horrifically bad. This is all bad. Uh, why, why would you do that? And. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I think that could be the response anybody gives to JK Rowling at any like anything she's done since she wrote that mystery novel. <laughs> yeah. Why well, JK Rowling? My, 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 my dad actively likes those, uh, ones that she's written under a pseudonym. Uh, I've heard they're really bad, but I, your dad seems to have good taste. So does he? I don't know. My dad, my dad generally has good taste. He just occasionally has really weird stuff that he like watches sure. or reads. And I'm like, dad, why, why? Like he watched the first, uh, divergent movie just on his own. And I'm like, dad, why did he watch did spring? He... Did he watch spring breakers on his own? Uh, I don't know. He, I guess he just watches a lot of movies that show up on like HBO and just like watches like, Oh, this is, this is fine. And I'm like, no, but, he, but I guess he also likes mystery novels. So he said they are good. Um, but JK Rowling, just why just, just, just you don't need to, you, you can just delete your account. You could just stop <laughs> tweeting. It's, yeah. It's fine. Like, it would probably be better for you if you just stopped tweeting. Oh, it would be better. There is so much in this game. I'm sorry. I've been looking in it. <laughs> and like, I had, like, I was, that's like register your wand. I'm like thinking, oh, okay, maybe I'm going to do, you know, the Harry Potter, like, it's going to pick me type wand thing. No. Like, no, here's a trillion different. Uh, so, so, you know, I will do something. Well, like, Erica, <laughs> if you would just log into your Pottermore account, you can call the wand that you got there and you'll be able to recreate it in the, in the game. That's I, what I did. I, 
haven't done that, but I think I need to because I was looking at all the different options for like like wood type. Do, all you have to do is do a test, and then you get your wand type. Uh, yeah, but it. But well, and also the thing <laughs> is, is that it, it gets really, really involved in how you create your wand. Like it doesn't it, matter at all. In the it game. doesn't matter at all. Not even a little bit. There's like there's like twenty different types of wood. You have like your core. You can decide Willow, how long it is. How Willow wood unicorn hair core quite bendy 10 and three quarter yeah. inches yep. yeah and it's oh, like yeah. you do that and then like it just shows up in your it's just like it shows oh, up in your little profile profile yep. it's that's it and can, I'm like, I, <laughs> can i title this episode 10 and three quarter inches yes yeah. uh, okay thank, thank you <laughs> Um, We're like, why are there descriptions for every single type of wood? <laughs> why is Ash ideal for those who are stubborn and courageous, but not arrogant or crass? Like, what does that mean? What it means it? if you just go to Pottermore and take the test, then you'll be fine. <sighs> I really hope I have um I have like a, a Western something terrier for my Patronus. And if you can't put your Patronus into wizards United at some point, I'm going to uninstall it because <laughs> fucking come on. Mine's a horse and I don't know why, but oh God, I don't know what mine is. I'm going to do this while you guys are talking. So please, please <laughs> speak amongst I yourselves. A couple months ago, like I, th- I think Andre at Andre's insistence, <laughs> but like, that sounds right. I don't remember what any of them were, but I'm sure I have those in my Pottermore account that I have not looked at again since that day. <laughs> you know, what's really weird about Pottermore. So at some point they, at some point they like, changed their like system over to like an updated thing. Like mm-hmm. I, since I had looked at it last. Um, so I had to like upgrade my account to the new system. What's strange is I didn't have to log into it to do that. It was just like, enter your email. Yeah. Not doing and that. I did right. it. I'm doing that. Oh, right now. Doing like, right now. <laughs> enter a new password for your account. So like, has- anyone could have could have taken over my account just by putting my yep. email. Yeah. Yep. Well, did, so, did any of you do Pottermore like way, way, way at the beginning of yeah, Pottermore? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Where they like assigned you like your own uh, like weird email yep. or like not weird username. Um, my sibling and I, we literally tr- stayed up late one night like so that we could get Pottermore access. Oh one of my favorites. This is terrible. Sorry, yeah, I, don't, right? I don't mean to interrupt, but no. it's like, oh, enter a password that has a capital and a, and a letter. No parcel yeah. tongue. It's, it's oh, really God, the whole process. Damn it. The whole I don't process know. of... It, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, I think I've told the story on this podcast before, but uh, a very close friend of mine who I went to uh, the Harry Potter theme park who doesn't listen to this show. So whatever. Uh, but I went to the Harry <laughs> Potter theme park with, um, <laughs> he was, he had decided up front before he did the house quiz that he was a Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Cause he's smart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Ravenclaw, uh, like, okay. I, I, I can't believe I just said that. So I, I took the quiz and got Hufflepuff and I was like, I'm down with this. I'm a member of the people. Like I, I am, I, I care about workers. I care about like fairness and, and like, and, and the rights of every person and all this stuff. Like I see these as positive qualities. And then all yeah. my friends got other houses and they were like, Oh, Hufflepuff sucks shit. And I basically <laughs> was like, you guys, it created a very clear divide. 
was like, okay, well, I know who the asshole is. I, I feel like <laughs> I would like to be Hufflepuff, but I am not at all chill enough for Hufflepuff. Yeah, I'm totally, I, I was pleased with my Hufflepuff I am placement. anxious. I am like too anxious and like stressed out for Hufflepuff. So I feel like Ravenclaw fits. So this friend of mine, this friend of mine was decided that they were going to be a Ravenclaw. He was like, well, I'm or a Ravenclaw or Slytherin. And I would take Gryffindor, but I'm definitely not a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and he like took the quiz and he got Hufflepuff and he was like, uh, I'm going to take it again. And what's funny is that you can't take it again. Like Pottermore. Yeah. Won't let you. But he made yeah. a new account, took it again and got uh, Ravenclaw. And I was like, okay, but you, so you've got like your 50, 50 Ravenclaw. Hufflepuff. And he was like, well, I'll take it again. And it'll prove that I'm a Ravenclaw. And he took it again and he got like Gryffindor or something. And I was like, there's nothing reliable about any of this. And then he took it again and he got Slytherin and, okay. and he was like, but Ravenclaw's the real one. That was the one I answered the most truthfully. <laughs> I was like, oh but you didn't answer truthfully the first time. And then he bought like scarves and robes, not robes, but he bought like <laughs> scarves and socks and shit at the park because he was a Ravenclaw. He's very so proud. He's a Ravenclaw. We, oh we need a real, real sorting hat. One that is just totally doesn't give a shit. It's like, it's like a lawyer. But the sorting hat doesn't give a shit. It'll put you in whatever house you want. Yeah. That's, like like, that's, what, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we should have okay, a totally I neutral party. Sorting hat quiz, and I'm like, we need to all take it. I don't no, know. I, I'm I'm happy with my house. I took right, the official so, one that 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 Rowling wrote. Yep. My house is Ravenclaw. My Patronus is Polecat. That's not bad. I don't know. What I feel like those is. are both accurate. Mine is some kind of cat, right? mirror, and I don't know why, but. Okay. Let me, let me look. What's a polecat? It's a weasel-like animal. Oh, it's kind of like a ferret. Yeah. Hell yeah, I love ferrets. Your Patronus doesn't necessarily. It's not necessarily what you are like. It's just like an asp. It's just aspects of your personality brought into form. Oh, Apparently, so yeah. the only one I've done is the house, and I haven't done any of the other ones yet. So I'm well, gonna, get your wand, and then I'm getting my wand. Cover your wand. <laughs> Did you use any parcel tongue in your friggin' your your password? I guess not because it let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but anyways, this this uh mobile game is it's weird. It's weird. It's like I think like I think we all kind of expected it would be weird when I said like oh it's gonna be like Pokemon Go but for Harry Potter. It's like how? To be honest with you, I didn't think it was that like that kind of made sense to me. As a thing, I figured that it would be, I just expected it to be a lot more competitive than it is. Like I thought they were going to lean into the more competitive elements of Pokemon go like the gym stuff. I thought it was going to be more like you can duel people around you and stuff like that. Um, and, and, but instead it's less competitive than Pokemon go. Like there is no gym. Everyone is cooperative all the time. Um, which is interesting. I don't know. I'm surprised with the direction they took it. I, I originally made a lot of sense to me as like a thing that Niantic would do next, but it's weird. So anyways, um, my other thing that I brought is not like, like Alex mentioned is not, I don't even know how much I have to even say about this. It's not a game, but it is a show and it's the mini series version of great, of good omens, not great omens, but it's, it's great. So, uh, so <laughs> that's this, a fitting um, mistake I just made, but, uh, yeah. Have any of you guys read the book 
that is based on. No, but I've had a very good friend of mine who read it many years ago describe it to me. I yeah. own it, but I haven't read it. I honestly started reading it and it didn't particularly grab me, but uh, I also know a lot of people who really enjoy it. So that's yeah, me. it's, it's one of those books that was pretty formative to me when I was growing up. Um, so seeing it be, being made into a live action adaptation is both a little bit, I was a little bit nervous, but also excited. Um, and, uh, so basically the plot is, is that it follows a, a bunch of characters, but most, norm, uh, mostly, um, uh, an angel and a demon, uh, and they're trying to basically stop the apocalypse because they like earth too much and they don't really, they don't really want to go through the whole apocalypse and war between, uh, angels and demons and everything. So they're trying to avert it. Um, and I, I was talking to my sibling about this. I, I might like the mini series better than the book. Um, yeah. That's wow. the friend who described the book to me said the exact same thing. It's, it's really good. It has a lot of heart. Uh, the characters are all really well, great. Um, the, um, casting is like as perfect as you could want it to be. Um, the main, the main two characters are played by, uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant, and they are both perfect, like, uh, like almost upsettingly perfect. It's like, um, but yeah, it just, it's just very, very good. I, I finished it last night. Um, and having had a little bit of a busy kind of tricky week, it, it, watching it while I, I had that week, it was very both cathartic and nice to have. Um, and it, it's just, it's, it's very lovely. So I don't know who I wouldn't recommend it to. I, I think it's, it's really nice and, um, very, it's very funny, but also with a lot of, a lot of heart. And so I, I definitely recommend it. Cool. And it, I, I'm just so happy it exists. I'm, that's, that's awesome. part of why I wanted to bring it. Cause I'm just like, ah, there's this, this is delightful. And uh, I can't believe that they made it so well. Yeah. That's, it seems really good. Um, it seems like uh, Amazon, cause they're the ones who p- produce this, right? Yeah. They really, mm-hmm. they're, they're loving game and stuff between this and American gods doing, doing well by both of them. So I wonder what game and book they do next. <laughs> it, it, it'll be interesting. Cause I, I think that, um, this is probably my favorite work that's, uh, that game is done. And it, it was, uh, co-written by, uh, Neil Gaiman uh, and Terry Pratchett. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. and from what I understand, uh, could be wrong, but this, th- this is apparently like, uh, literally like one of Terry Pratchett's last wishes was to get a film version of good omens. Awesome. And so, so a lot of what they did, um, especially Neil Gaiman, who, um, who actually, uh, like fully wrote it, uh, wrote this adaptation, uh, did was to honor that what that was written, um, honor Terry Pratchett. So it's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but, and the, they dedicate it to Terry and I cried at that. Um, oh. and I, oh. I, and I, I cried at the end just because it was so like, not even like not a sad cry. And I don't even know if it was a happy cry. I just was like, 
I was just like emotional on it when it finished, but it's, it's, it's very good. Um, has a lot of, uh, good actors in it too. Uh, that's great. John Hamm is in it. Is in it. Oh, He's cool. very good. I love John Hamm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And I think I know which, which game and book I'd want them to do next. Which one? Norse mythology. Mm. It'd be interesting. I'm, yeah. To be honest, I'm while I adore his telling of that, I'm very tired already of Norse mythology stuff. Like that, <laughs> it feels like it feels like we went from like zombies to pirates to Norse mythology, and now it's like, please stop. Uh, like Norse mythology is amazing and awesome, and I love it, but also I don't need a new game. I don't need the next Assassin's Creed game to be a Norse mythology game. Put it that way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, there, there's that new Ubisoft game. That's, uh, gods and monsters, which is yeah. Greek mythology. Yes. And I'm actually very, mm-hmm. uh, interested in that because when I was growing up, I was obsessed with Greek mythology to the mm-hmm. point where, uh, there was a, um, book, uh, Dallaire's book of Greek myths, which is aimed at kind of a younger audience. And it had a, a it is a great book and it has an audio tape version. So I read the book a lot and then I listened to the tapes literally every single night before I went to bed for a couple of years. So I, I would really like good Greek mythology games. So I'm not You excited. might also like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It digs mm-hmm. into some of that stuff a little bit too. Uh, yeah. And unrelated, well related because it's directly about Hercules, um, the Disney movie. Have you watched, uh, Lindsay Ellis's video essay about everything wrong with Hercules? Oh yes. It's, it's phenomenal. It, it is spectacular. That's, if anyone has not seen yeah. it, please watch that like today. Yeah. If you can, I, I, it's so fun. I it's love so Lindsay Ellis a lot. And, uh, am I going to be mad though? Cause that's like one of my favorite Disney. Movies. No, she's pretty uh, fair. <laughs> Like she's very funny. It's mostly the music that I have oh, extreme okay. fondness for. <laughs> I would say "I'm in Love" is probably my favorite Disney like Disney song. Period. <laughs> no, but she she's fair and she and she's legitimately like, no, I love this movie, but uh, let's let's talk about some of the problems and how it came about. Um, and. Uh, and I met her last year and she's very lovely. So that's awesome. Aww. Yeah. I love yeah. Lindsay Ellis. Anyways, that's completely unrelated to the topic <laughs> at hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think we're kind of winding down. So it's, it's that time of the podcast where we're like, uh, oh, is, this, is this what we're going to talk about? Or even Gellion watch? Oh yeah. God, no. I, we don't have the time. We're already at like two hours <laughs> on time. Yeah. We, we don't have the time right now, but, uh, to, I know that most of us, are we watching or, or watching for the first time Evangelion on Netflix? So we might have to have a, a chat about it at some yeah. point. I'm I, a little... I, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, I might actually rewatch it. I would be interested in to hear your thoughts about it, like yeah. watching it. I, I'm somewhat hesitant to say, like, yeah, let's do a podcast about it because, like, every single podcast that exists is doing a rewatch. <laughs> <I feel> like. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I do like talking to all of you about various forms of media and art. So I liked the first two episodes. Yeah, that's as far in as I am. Also, and I only watched. And you, the first you started. Podcast. You started like last year, didn't you, Eric? <laughs> so no. All right. So I, were, <laughs> I watched like maybe the first seven episodes last year, but like I wasn't really. I wasn't. I was. My heart wasn't in it. So <laughs> my heart's in it this time. So I'm paying more attention than 
and good, good luck. I know what's going on a little more. Oh, you'll, your song will change by about episode 18. <laughs> <laughs> then you won't have any fucking clue what's going on. I mean, listen, <laughs> I watched Lee kind of Le- fairly, re- <laughs> fairly recently and I had no idea what was going on through the entire thing. And I keep yelling at Xavier who has a lot of, you know, nostalgia and fondness for it. And he wouldn't tell me what was happening. He's like, just watch it. It's not supposed to make sense. Just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, but there's a plot happening and I think I missed something important and I don't know what's happening. He's like, oh, there's like barely a plot. Just watch what's happening. It's adolescence. It's great. <laughs> Your impression <laughs> is very good. But- <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, that, that was very, very good. Uh, so I was just like so angry through the whole thing. And then finally we get to the end of that and the ending happens. And I'm just like, I would have enjoyed this so much more if I knew that this is what was about, what was happening. And he's like, Oh, you didn't get that part. You didn't understand that. You missed that part. I was like, that's why I've been asking you for the last, I don't know how many episodes was happening. And honestly, show. you're not supposed to know what's going on. Just watch is a very good way to get me to watch something <laughs> like things that you're not supposed to know what's going on. Uh, so that aspect of, of Evangelion, I'm very into, uh. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I'm happy to report that I have a wand now. Oh, okay. What is it? It's Ashwood with a mm. unicorn core mm-hmm. and it's 10 and three quarters inches. Oh, yeah. Hey, and it's quite bendy. <laughs> yeah, I'm also ten and three quarters inches and quite bendy. I don't remember what my wood is though. This is this is honest. This is actually from Pottermore. I just don't remember what the wood is. Uh-huh. That's terrible. Give me a, give me a second. Tell, tell me about your wood. <laughs> it's quite bendy. It's quite. Bendy. Mine's also quite bendy. Mine is surprisingly swishy. <laughs> is that actually what it says? Oh, God. <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to hear about anyone's wood right. anymore. It's a, it's it's applewood <laughs> and unicorn hair core. Mine's Mine unicorn. is Hollywood and uh, unicorn hair. I'm very curious to maybe try to get my dad on this. My dad's a very big Harry Potter fan, and he uh, also taught wood shop for quite a few years, so he has a lot of opinions about wood (laughs) 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 and and often gets angry at my choices um, for furniture. (laughs) So, like, I kind of want to... Maybe I'll try to rope him into it. (laughs) Love it. All right. Yeah. Well... Have we exhausted all that we have to talk about? I think so. Unless you yeah, guys want to talk about programming. So. Nah, yeah. nah. All right. So I think it's, yeah, it's time to wrap <laughs> this one up. Uh, so Erica, where can people find you? Uh, at Erica, A I R E H C U H mostly on Twitter, but sometimes on Instagram. Very cool. Uh, Alex, how about you? Uh, people can find me on the new Windows Insider build, trying out the PC Xbox Game Pass beta. Very, very good. Nice. <laughs> uh, Pat, how about you? You can find me at PJC Plays, uh, where I have links and share all of the various writings and reviewings that I'm doing on things. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. And I keep promising to write stuff, but I haven't yet. Hell but yeah. I will. Specifically, you, oh, I have two things I wanted to say. Specifically, you can find me tonight watching uh, 
Mastodon and Coheed and Cambria play, which I'm Sweet. very excited for. Um, and then also, uh, I saw this while we were recording. Apparently, Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition is $2 on Steam right now. Oh, sick. Uh, you should fucking buy that game if you don't have it. That, that game, game is, is good. Yeah, that excellent. game is good as hell. That is the best Grand Theft Auto game ever made. I love that game. Like, I generally don't really like Grand Theft Auto, and I love Sleeping Dogs. Oh, Sleeping Dogs is so much better than anything GTA so has ever done, yes. in my opinion. Yes, and it's, it's, it's really but good. I'm, the, the only caveat I'll say is that every time I play it, it makes me really, really hungry. So <laughs> I just I want to eat all the food in that game. But yeah, anyway, two bucks, get it yeah, all. Totally it. worth it. And Ooh, it's such quick. a cool depiction of Hong Kong. So anyways, yeah. Cool. Yes. Real quick. Can we have a K-pop minute? minute? Like, what do we think about <laughs> Red Velvet? Like, all right. All right. Okay. Regular, po- regular podcast listeners. Bye. All right. Let's, <laughs> do, this, let's do this K-pop <laughs> thing. K-pop minute. Um... I, I I made Pat watch it. <laughs> and, uh, I low key love it, and I mean it's fine because I I like Kill This Love a lot, and that did not get as much play among this crowd. Um, but I don't know. I think the the it's kind of appropriative in a gross way that I don't like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, interesting is that um like the title of it is taken from uh what was it from i think it's originally used in or not used but it was like appropriated to like something else i don't know but it's like they're basically if they've said it's like a like reappropriating stuff that's appropriate. I don't know, but that's not necessarily an excuse. You know, it's less, if it was just the, I think I could get over it. Cause like Boombaya kind of is, gets a little, it, on gets, the verge. Yeah. Uh, it, it gets, uh, well, especially like, like native American where you're just like, okay, you're doing a, like, some of the dance motions are like a little. Yeah, it, it's very much on the edge to me. I think that that Zimzalabim, like it's the 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 chorus plus the choreography happening at the same time. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I also don't think yeah. the choreography is especially good in that video. Like, I no. thought it was. Eh. Uh, I don't think it's one of their better ones. And then uh, the song itself just doesn't didn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah. It, it's. I can see why you would like it though. Like, I don't think it's bad. It just, it got stuck in my head so hard at work yesterday. Yeah. I think the thing is it didn't get stuck in my head at all. And that's usually what K-pop songs. I really like. That's what happens is they immediately get stuck in my head. I I couldn't even even hum the chorus to you right now after having watched it yesterday. For me, I think part of it, and this might be, this might not actually come to fruition is that, um, they've confirmed that this is basically the first mini album of a multi mini album series right. that is going to be like, have its own kind of arc. <laughs> and That's so cool. I feel like the, the thing that I take from it is that there's like a kind of a constant, uh, struggle in the song between the kind of up more upbeat pop elements and the kind of darker, more like kind of rhythmic elements. And I think that that's like going to be basically the story is that they're like in this theme park or like whatever. And it like going from this, like the cute side to the kind of darker as they're kind of taken in, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, and that's, and so I think that there's some, narrative there in the song that I might just be completely extrapolating my on myself and could be 
very well not intended at all. But I, I'm like, okay, if this gets to be like super intense concept album stuff, I'd be like, please give that to me, Red Velvet. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, I also really love Red Velvet's other underappreciated gem of a single, which is Rookie. I think it's great. And then, um, but it, it has nothing on Red Velvet's song, uh, Russian Roulette, which is perfect. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't consider myself a Red Velvet fan, even though yeah. I like a lot of their music. Um, I, I think a lot of their songs are really, really good. Um, but as a group, I don't. I don't stand them, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm in the exact same boat where I like listen to their music, but I'm like, I don't need to go further than that. Yeah. Like I have a lot of their songs, like hard saved onto my phone, but mm-hmm. like, <laughs> uh, but that is, I don't know, just as a group, they don't do it for me. Mm-hmm. But the song's kind of doing it for me. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I think it's more of like, I'm curious to see what the next two parts look like. Like, is Irene a bad guy? I'm here for it. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I really hope. I, I also really like when their music videos get so uh, all over the place and weird yeah. that I'm like, okay, boo video a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, Jenna from Polygon made a couple of tweets about it like last night where it's like uh, how she wishes cyberpunk fashion in games and stuff would be uh, Red Velvet's entire wardrobe in (laughs) in this. And then also um, just how, let's see, every, every Red Velvet music video is about how unkillable Red Velvet is, which I feel like is very true and I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our K-pop minute. That was our K-pop minute. (laughs) It was just a lot longer than a minute. And if we want to extend it for one second, Stray Kids also has a new song and I don't know how to feel about it, but oh, I haven't listened to it yet. I'll have to listen to it. It's very noisy. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, it was not as immediately listenable as I thought it was going to be. I'll listen to it and let you know. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we're done for real. <laughs> okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>